Today on The Girl Defined Show, we are talking about same-sex attraction. This is a conversation we've been wanting to have for a while, but we wanted to make sure we brought the right person in to bring biblical truth and gospel hope to this, you know, it can be very sensitive and painful conversation for many. And so we brought Ellen Dykus in to just bring gospel hope and gospel truth and just that just sensitivity and love and compassion to this conversation. You actually submitted questions to us um, saying, hey, here's what I want to know about same-sex attraction, whether it's for myself or someone that I love. So this conversation, I hope, will bring you hope and just gospel truth as we tackle this topic of same-sex attraction. <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging out with us today on The Girl Defined Show. I am so excited that we are having Ellen Dykus back with us. She's been with us before to talk about toxic relationships. I'll link that episode below. It was amazing. Um, today, she's coming back to talk to us all about same-sex attraction, a topic we've been that has been highly requested for a while and something Kristen and I didn't really want to tackle on our own. We wanted to bring in someone who just has a ton of just, I guess, experience in helping others with this. So Ellen has a ton of experience. That's like primarily what she does is just loving and helping and just, you know, dealing with all things that come with same-sex attraction. So I know this conversation conversation is going to be a huge blessing to you. I know for many, we look at our lives and we say, this isn't what I planned. This isn't what I wanted. This was not part of the plan for my life, whether it comes to... um anything to do with our sexuality, um, a job, a relationship, a family. We say, this is not part of the plan. This isn't what I wanted. And you know, Kristen and I experienced that in our own life. Like I know for me, there were so many things that are so many things that are not part of my plan. This is not what I wanted. And I look up and I'm like, God, like, why is this this way? I don't want this. I know for me, I have, you know, chronic migraines and they have kept me from so many activities, so many events. I have been in other cities at conferences and have just been in bed in the hotel for, you know, the majority of the conference from this crippling migraine. And I've said, God, like, can't you just take this away? Can't you heal this? And it's still there. They still happen. I get them regularly. Um, and that's hard. That's not part of the plan. That's not what I want in my life. Um, and so whether it's something with your health, something romantically, we all have that thing where we say, this is not part of the plan. And in my brand new book, Kristen and I's brand new book, Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with Twists and Turns of Your Story, we unpack not only our own struggles with our life not going the way that we want, but we really bring you in. It's a conversation as if you're sitting across the table from us and we're saying, how can we have hope? How can we thrive? How can we live for Christ and really glorify Him in the midst of these circumstances that are not what we planned? So if you need this hope and encouragement and just this learning how to thrive in the midst of the unknowns, in the midst of this future that we don't know what will happen, um, not part of the plan, trusting God with the twists and turns of the of your story is the book for you. You can grab this at girldefined.com or wherever books are sold, not part of the plan. I encourage if you know someone that they're they're struggling to trust God. They're struggling with bitterness, struggling to know that he is good, struggling with worry, anxiety, um, just struggling with crippling, you know, fear over the future. Not part of the plan is a perfect gift for them. So click the link below, grab a copy of Not Part of the Plan. And while you're doing that, I'll go ahead and get us into the conversation with Ellen. 
Hey, Ellen, thank you so much for being here on the Girl Defined show for the second time. You are a excited. We're excited to have you back. I loved our conversation that we had about toxic relationships and girls. I'll link that below. It was such an incredible conversation and so insightful. Today, though, we're going to be chatting with Ellen all about same-sex attraction, um, just the relationships you know, female friendships that kind of start out not that way and end up, you know, with that attraction and that physical aspect. So we're just going to unpack all of that. Uh, But Ellen, for those of you who didn't listen to the previous episode and don't know who you are, can you just introduce yourself, tell us a little about yourself and just why you're passionate about this topic? Yeah, well, first of all, it is, it's great to be here. And I really, really appreciate and just respect that you, that you even want to talk about this topic because, There are so many Christian women that are wrestling in these areas. But yeah, I uh, I serve as the director of women's ministry for an organization called Harvest USA. And we focus on kind of biblical discipleship and church education, church equipping, focused on areas of sexuality and gender. And that always includes mm-hmm. relationships. And so for 14 years, I've been serving here and I've had so many opportunities to offer the hope and the grace and the truth of Christ to women that are wrestling in these areas. And I've needed, I've needed personal help, um, which is a part of why I'm even extra passionate Mm -hmm. about talking about this. Mm -hmm. So when you say you need personal help in this, have had needed personal help in this area, can you share, like, was there, is there a story that goes along with that? What do you mean when you say that? (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, so yeah, when I was younger, you know, teens, young adult, I I didn't date much. I wasn't really even attracted or to guys. I didn't mm. go through that phase that I think is maybe more typical, although yeah. not everybody goes through it of feeling boy crazy. And so when I was especially teen, and I would even say young adult, there were times, uh, Bethany, where I just felt what I call really other. Like I just felt different. I wasn't mm. sure. I wasn't really even sure how to put um, what category I should put myself into. But one of the things that I did experience is not necessarily same-sex attraction, but there was more of an emotional attraction, if you will. Um, I just, I was all about girl world. Like I was very content with my friends who were girls, um, you know, playing sports, just having fun, hanging out together. And probably in my high school years is when I first started noticing that, that, you know what, I, emotionally and relationally, I, I just feel a lot more comfortable with girls and I'm mm. much more drawn to them. And again, we weren't, I mean, there wasn't anybody I was really talking to about this. I wasn't really even thinking about it a, lo- a whole lot. It was just, I felt different and, but I just kind of went, went on my way. Yeah. Well, in my, you know, I would say adult, young adult years, there were, you know, a handful of friendships or mentoring relationships where the the dynamic between me and these were all with girls or other women, the dynamic just started to become very dependent, very even all-consuming, obsessive, mm. you might say. And so that's kind of where that devotional book I wrote, Toxic Relationships, comes in of a, just when you are attached to somebody that is really beyond what God would have for same-sex relationships, but also opposite-sex relationships. Mm. And the Mm -hmm. summary, and I'll I'll kind of close this up here, is that God has given us each other for the gift of friendship, marriage, 
uh, sibling relationships, mentoring relationships, but he never, ever wants us to replace him mm-hmm. with a person. And so whether if th- whether if that's opposite sex relationships or same sex, mm-hmm. that's always going to be a key thing. And so in my own journey, you know, having not felt that typical attraction yeah. to boys, but feeling an emotional draw towards girls, that became the focus of my own kind of needy, sinful, broken heart. Mm. Um, and I've, I've connected with a lot of, a lot of women younger and older who have had a very similar experience to mine. So again, I'm I'm glad we're talking about this. Mm -hmm. So when you started to recognize that, like, oh, I like the girl world, like you said, and the emotional connection, what, like, how did that manifest itself? Did you end up in any friendships where you were like, oh, realized, hmm, this has kind of taken an unhealthy turn, like Mm -hmm. that is the super dependent. What happened in your life that, you know, kind of you look back on and you're like, oh, I see how that kind of played out. Yeah, that, that's a great question. Because, you know, one thing I know this is your heart too. one thing that we don't want to diminish or cloud over at all is the fun and the beauty and the gift of having rich friendships with each other. Absolutely. As women. And so for me, I think what began to turn the corner is an initial an initial friendship that was actually when I was a, a college student. Mm. This was the one relationship that started to really go down a more physical mm. path. It, it didn't become sexual, but it was becoming what I would say kind of romanticized and, and sensualized is our physical affection was just starting to be more than what God would have, like to the tune of you know, just long embraces, even, Mm. even snuggling, like we would maybe share the same bed every so often. And Mm. that in and of itself is, is moving more and more towards that sexual realm, but there wasn't anything that we were doing that was overtly sexual. That was just the physical manifestation. But underneath the surface is that this friend, I was starting to just organize my life around her. Yes. Mm -hmm. And when she and I were in a good place, I was in a good place. When we weren't in a good place, I felt threatened, insecure, jealous. When she started dating a guy, I felt very jealous and threatened. Mm. And so it was those kinds of things that really were a heads up for me. And and I didn't know who to talk to. She and I had some really hard conversations. And, you know, in that story, eventually we just kind of had a a break. Like she kind of broke ties with me for a season. And as painful as it was, that's exactly what needed to happen so that our hearts could recalibrate back towards Christ and really deal with the underlying issues that were even making us vulnerable to that kind of a, to that kind of a, um, of a relationship. And you know, I'll just, I'll say this as a word of hope for people that might be seeing themselves in that um, it it was a lot of years, and we were disconnected for quite a while. But the Lord was doing a work, and ended up kind of redeeming and bringing bringing us back into a really uh, sweet, godly, Christ centered mm. relationship. And I was wow. I was her maid of honor. In oh my wedding. goodness! <laughs> so there there is healing and change possible from these things, but it's going to be a it's going to be a journey. 
Mm. So I know with like, you know, the talk of, you know, everything to do with sexuality being extremely popular right now, it can almost be can can become like confusing, like, oh, I have this really good friend. Oh, no. Like, is this is this turning in a direction that it shouldn't? Or do we have something more than this just friends, you know, with a female friend that I I know I shouldn't have? And it, it can feel confusing. So how can we like how can we even discern? Like, is this a good friendship? Is this taking a turn in a way that I know it shouldn't? Do you have any advice for the girl who's in that place and just feeling kind of confused because this topic is so top of mind it can and it kind of can feel confusing mm-hmm. yeah well and you know I know we're going to link to some good resources to read on read on this topic um, I've got a lot of things I've written on this topic uh, often and so I can um, I'll send you some links that we can yes, post on that absolutely so let me let me just throw out a few kind of diagnostic questions um, for somebody to, to think through and uh, so uh, for starters, it's going to be, does, does your friendship with this person, does it feel um, inclusive and, or exclusive and like a contained circle of two? We've got to guard our relationship and nobody else gets in. And if that's the case, why is that? Or is this a friendship that is more inclusive, like people feel welcomed into our relationship. Like neither one of us feels threatened mm. or uh, jealous if there's other relationships happening. That That's going to be one diagnostic. Uh, I know most of the people that are listening in on um, to this podcast are women that, that uh, love and trust Jesus. And so that would be another question is, to what degree is Christ a part of your friendship? Now, somebody may say, oh, Ellen, we we talk about Jesus and we read the Bible together all the time. But if that is in the midst of only the two of you and, yes. only, and, and you're talking about each other and Jesus and you're talking about your relationship in Jesus, that could actually be a subtle way that actually Christ is being displaced in a relationship of his of two of his followers. They're focusing more on each other. Than they are on him, mm-hmm. and then um, another diagnostic would be: is what this kind of relates to the first two? But what is the fruit of this friendship? Mm. Like, do you do you feel that like this friendship helps propel you out to love other people, to serve other people? Like, are you a are you a better or I don't like using that word better. Are you a more faithful friend to other people in mm. your life as a result of knowing this person? Or are you becoming an island unto yourselves? And yeah. other relationships are kind of fading out. Uh, maybe people are even just dropping off the map because you are so focused on this one friend that you're not really giving time into other relationships. And and Bethany, actually, just what one final comment on that I want to mention is, you know, women, I think even more than men can kind of focus in on, I've got to have a best friend. Like I must have someone that's my BFF yes. and I've got to name somebody. And I, I'm not going to say that that's wrong, but I will tell you that many years ago, I kind of made a decision of, you know what, I'm, I'm going to really lean away from mm. labeling somebody as my best friend only because Two things. My own tendency is to become very territorial and possessive, and I wanted to stay away from that. But the other part of it is 
I, I'm, I'm grateful to have a variety of types and depths of closeness of friendships. And I don't want to, um, with, with the focus of wanting to maybe honor somebody, and I might say even possess somebody as my best friend, I don't want others feeling less than. Yeah. And so that's like a personal decision that I have made. Um, but I would, I would throw that out just for your listeners to consider. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a benefit in just saying, hey, this, this, this girl is, is one of my closest friends, or this, this woman is, she is just a very dear friend. I, I just think there's wisdom and actually love for other people in our lives when we don't, when we don't categorize people in ways that exclude others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And girls, I would really encourage you, if any of that resonated with you, Ellen's book, Toxic Relationships, mm-hmm. Taking Refuge in Christ. It's really a devotional, 31 devotionals for life. We'll link it below. But if any of that related to you, you're like, yeah, that's where I'm at. Like, I don't, I'm, I'm just struggling with friendships, male or female. And I feel like uh, maybe some of them are not in a healthy place that devotional is going to be huge in helping you find freedom and biblical truth. So I strongly recommend it. And of course, we're going to link to more stuff below, but I know many of you are like, okay, I struggle with same sex attraction or I was, I've been in, I am in a relationship with a girl or I have dated a girl in the past, or I know someone, my sister or friend who I care about and love who struggles with this and you're wanting answers in this area and you're wanting us to talk about that. So we are going to go there, I promise. And we actually on our Girl Defined Instagram, I went there and I asked you guys what you wanted to know about same-sex attraction questions. Um, And so we are going to get to those. And Ellen, I know these are all huge questions and probably could have an entire episode in and of themselves. So don't feel like you, you know, have to give a, you know, a 30 minute answer to each of them. If you have any resources you can direct us to, that would be amazing as well. Um, But I do have some, just some questions that I know reflect and represent the questions Mm -hmm. of many, many of the girls. Um, So uh, one question that we have is, do people with same-sex attraction get born with that desire? Are they born that way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is probably one of the hot topic questions, and I'm so glad that that was asked. So, you know, I'm going to answer it kind of twofold. I'm going to say yes in one way, no in another. Mm-hmm. And here's what I mean, that same-sex attraction is it's basically referring to the realm of our desires and Generally, that's going to refer to romantic sexual desires, lean towards somebody of the same gender. Maybe it feels like they're exclusively in that same gender. But like a married woman who is attracted to another married man or a single woman who is uh, attracted and wants to be with a man who's already married, those are desires that are not coming from... Christ within, but it's just coming from who we are naturally, the part of us that needs to be redeemed by Jesus. And so same-sex attraction is a part of our, it's a part of our sinful, our sin nature Mm. that Christ is coming, that he has come to, to change and make radically new as he does with all of us. And so when I say, is somebody born that way? Well, we're all born as Sinners. We're all born with our desires, our thoughts, our motivations needing complete transformation by Jesus. So somebody may have a sin nature that expresses itself this way or that way. Um, So in that in that sense, 
somebody might say, yeah, like from a young age, this is, this is all I've experienced. And, and we, could, we could acknowledge that with compassion of the struggle of that. But just because we're born, again, within any area with a sinful inclination, that never means that we just go with it. It just proves, proves to us that, wow, even my romantic sexual desires need transformation by Christ. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so, so well put. And I guess I want to back up a little bit for the girl who's saying, okay, like I get that. I get everything that you're saying, but like, come on, it's the 21st century. What's the big yeah. deal? Like love is love. Yeah. Why does this even yeah. matter? So for the girl who's, who's questioning even like, is this a big deal? Why, why, why doesn't, you know, why are you even harping on this? Like, come <laughs> on, like, don't you want people yeah. to just be happy? And like, shouldn't, you know, like, shouldn't, if I like a girl or want to be with her or marry her or whatever, like, shouldn't you just want our happiness? Isn't that what God is all about? Like, mm-hmm. what would you say to that person who's struggling kind of with that that question as well. Yeah. Well, first of all, you know, the idea that love is love is not a biblical truth. Uh, scripture actually defines love. Jesus said this. Um, his follower, John, says this beautifully in his letter, First John, that if you want to know if you're really loving God and loving people, then the evidence of that is by obedience to God's commands. Mm. So Jesus talks about this in John 15. And again, in in 1 John 5, uh, John himself is saying, here's how you know if you're loving God and loving people. It's by walking in obedience to his commands. Mm. And to your point, Bethany, somebody might say, well, oh, that doesn't sound romantic. That doesn't sound (laughs) fun. Yeah. But, and to that, I'll say, well, all of us, when we drink in the messages of this world, which paints this beautiful picture of sin and beautiful picture of ungodliness, it, the biblical the biblical message can seem less than, yeah. and that is just kind of evidence that we've missed the beauty and the goodness and the richness of relationships mm-hmm. the way God has designed it. Mm-hmm. And so, the girl or, or the woman that is saying. <clears throat> But I, I want to be, I want to be in a romantic relationship. I want to have a life partner, and the only person I can ever envision that happening with is going to be either with my girlfriend or my partner mm-hmm. or with a woman. And, and I would, I just want to say to you that um, the Lord is, the Lord is compassionate towards you in that. But because of His holiness and because His commands are for our best. He has made a design for us, and the design is that sexual relationships would happen only in the context of how he has designed marriage, which is one woman with one man. And he has given a beautiful design for same-sex relationships in the context of friendship, in the context Mm. of spiritual mother, spiritual daughter, mentoring relationships. And so... For the for the girl again or woman that's wrestling with that, I want to I want to both encourage you and challenge you um, to reexamine a couple things. Uh, first would be the the beautiful and yet clear call of Christ that He's called us as His followers to die to ourselves mm. and to allow only Him to be our loving Lord. So my desires 
sexual, romantic, or emotional, those are never meant to be my Lord. When I let that happen, I get into a mess. Mm-hmm. But secondly, is to re-examine, read some of these scriptures we're mentioning, and ask God to disciple you about what is the real nature of His love for you mm-hmm. and how that relates to the way He's designed relationships to work. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was, um, before I was married, I remember wrestling through my own thoughts of like, okay, I guess just my desires and what my purpose in life was. And for me, I desired a relationship with a man, but it was, you know, had very much become an idol in my life. And I very much felt like I had to have marriage. I had to have this romantic relationship in order to be happy. And so, you know, I know at the core of what many of our listeners are feeling is like, ah, but I feel like I need this in order to be happy. Um, So it's different, but similar in a lot of ways at the root. And I remember just God challenging me so much like, okay, you know, are you, do you truly believe like that you were put on this earth made in my image to live for me, to be satisfied in me and ultimately Mm -hmm. to glorify me? Or do you think that you need these earthly things to be satisfied and that you cannot, you know, live a fulfilled life without this? And so that was just a real challenge of surrender. And I remember, you know, a verse I had read multiple times, but just kind of came across in a fresh way is Matthew 20, 28 um, about Mm -hmm. Jesus. And it says, Mm -hmm. just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And I just remember like, wow, our very savior who deserved everything, you know, like Mm -hmm. he is literally the creator worthy of all glory, all everything. He came down Mm -hmm. to do the will of his father. And it was, Mm -hmm. he came to earth, not just to do what he wanted and to say, but what are my desires? What do I want? He came to say, you know, I am here not to be served, but to serve. And so I think, wow, if that's the heart, if that's the mindset of the savior of the world, the perfect God of the universe, like that's that we're called to be like him. And so I think as hard as it is, it's digging deeper into our hearts and saying, okay, what is my goal in, of this life? What is my motive? Is it to serve and to live for Christ and to point others to him and ultimately to put my desires and my what I want on the altar or where am I like grabbing this and saying, no, this is what my life is about. I've got to, to get the things I want. So I know that is a, obviously something we cannot do on our own because we are fallen simple humans, but through the power of Christ, he can change us to, to, to want to live that way and to desire to live that way. And I know as crazy and as opposite, you know, our world says happiness is found in joy is found in making yourself first. But we know scripture says like when we lose our lives, then we will find it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's so opposite, but it's so true. And we know as believers, when we start to live for Christ and put ourselves and our own desires on the altar, then we, we truly do find real satisfaction in Christ and in that relationship with Mm him. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's, I know both Ellen and my prayer for all of us is that we would become women who really are wanting to live for Christ at, above all else and that we would realize that true satisfaction is found in him. Um, we do have some, uh, a couple other questions, though, that I want to make sure we get to. Um, yeah. We have one girl who says... Um, I was very in love with a girl a couple of years ago. She's not in my life anymore and we never dated, but I still am attracted to girls sometimes. I guess my question is how to get over someone. So mm-hmm. advice for getting over a female that you feel very attracted to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, I just appreciate the the humility of this person. And I I know this is your heart too, Bethany. And it's, it, I want to make sure that people hear me saying, 
um, that the Lord is just so compassionate mm-hmm. to us in these relational struggles. Um, he's not going to minimize sin, but he's compassionate. And he, he knows that we're going to be in the midst of our entire lifetimes kind of growing to be like him. And so, and that includes when our hearts need to heal over a broken relationship. And in, in a situation like this, when there's maybe some complicated, complicated things going on because it was a, a same sex, a same sex directed. So, you know, a, a couple of thoughts on just getting over that person or, or healing. And I, the first thing would be is, you know, hopefully you're not alone in this. Mm. Um, if you've not let somebody else know what what had happened, then I would encourage you to find a trustworthy, mature Christian that you can be honest with um, and, and ask for prayer and encouragement. Uh, God hasn't designed us to walk through this stuff alone. He wants us um, alongside of each other as spiritual siblings in Christ. The other, the other part, the other thing I would say is, is to really, you know, be honest with yourself of how are you either watering memories of that person mm-hmm. and are you revisiting texts or emails or pictures that include that person? That might seem so simple, but um, to really have our hearts cleared, our memories kind of you know, slowly dissolve of things that we don't want lingering there, then we've got to do what Scripture calls is put off and make no space for what Romans 13, 14 says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no room for the flesh in regard to its lust. And so modern language might say, if there's anything that ties you back to this person, then get, get away from that, flee it. Uh, that's kind of a, a practical, a practical step to take. And the third thing is, I think getting over a person, or when a relationship is ended, and in this situation, when maybe there's been some sinful dynamics, is is going to be not just throwing off things or putting off, but putting on. And so, how are you seeking Christ? Uh, how are you seeking to cultivate other relationships? And you know, we we let go of some things. But then we also pursue other things. Um, one of the worst ways or one of the best ways to stay stuck is to just keep rehearsing and remembering the thing that you're yeah. stuck on. Um, God calls us to to turn 180 and move in the other direction. But again, you don't need to do that alone. The Holy Spirit is with you and he will provide some other people hopefully at least one other trustworthy person to walk with you in that process. Mm, Yeah. So well said. Um, I was thinking as you were talking like, okay, I know probably the majority of our listeners, you know, are on social media, just, you know, Mm. all sorts of, you know, I guess show subscriptions and whatever, Netflix and Disney, whatever, all of the things. Mm. So what's your advice as far as, you know, shows that really, um, really portray this in such a, you know, like this is like, kind of like I was saying, like love is love and it's so beautiful. And look, you know, there's so many shows and about people's, you know, these coming out stories and all of this stuff that just really portray it. Do you think that those are healthy to consume or should we use caution with what we consume? Um, I know that it can just, it can almost feel like, well, the real, the real world is kind of separate from what I consume in media, but what, what would you be your wisdom with that? (laughs) Great question and easy to answer is what we're what we allow our thoughts and our eyes and ears to take in 
is going to impact our desires and our beliefs. I mean, how many how many of us have had that experience of allowing ourselves to be exposed to something and we start becoming desensitized to it. Yeah. And so what what you're bringing up like I'm I actually think pretty strongly on that is we need to not take in that kind of stuff. And so mm-hmm. that means are you willing not only to end watching a show but if you feel too weak to not watch it then maybe you need to end your Netflix membership yeah. or end or take a break from social media. I've done that over the years and I'm not just talking about not getting on. I deactivate my accounts mm. for some fresh calibration. And you know what? When you come back a month or two or whatever later, you're going to be okay. <laughs> and so so the answer to that question is, you know, God God calls us to allow our hearts to focus on what is good and holy. And when we make exceptions and we think, well, there's no skin I'm seeing, there's no overt sexual mm. activity, but if it's if it's desensitizing you and making sin look attractive, don't do it. Mm. Especially if you have temptations in yeah. this area where same-sex relationships, homosexuality, is so celebrated right now. Yeah. We want to be really, really cautious about that. Not having our heads in the sand, but there's a way to be engaged in what's happening in the world for Christ's sake without drinking its messages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, you know, and I think using wisdom in, you know, our media consumption in yeah. In all areas, you know, it's, you know, even if you're like, oh, just in, you know, male to female relationships, there's just so much garbage out there. I cannot even stand it. That is, yeah. you know, one of my passions, like, ah, oh, it just drives me crazy. But I, yeah. you know, it's like, we need to help ourselves out. You know, we don't want to continue to consume so mm-hmm. much of this stuff that is completely against God's word. And then, you know, mm-hmm. wonder like, oh, why is this always on my mind? Or why is this so hard? Like, let's be wise. Let's use wisdom. Yeah. Those yeah. are things we can easily, you know, get some accountability in and say, hey, like, will you find a godly woman or a sister mm. or a mom and say, hey, I don't want to be consuming this stuff anymore. Will you keep me accountable? Ask me or, mm. you know, be a part of this or help me come up with some boundaries. I think there are, you know, practical things we can do to really help ourselves out. Um, yeah. I am just so glad we're having this conversation because the questions, they just, you know, they're so just, I love how honest they are. And I love how um, open our, you know, sisterhood is being with their thoughts. Yeah. So we have one, yeah. one lady who's asking, how do I, as a Christian girl, navigate my struggles with same sex attraction? Mm-hmm. What would you say to that, Ellen? Well, I mean, that that is just such a big question. Um, so again, I'm going to First, I'm going to point you to some of the resources that my ministry, Harvest USA, um, has. Uh, we'll put you'll, we'll put links to our website, but I've got two right off the bat. Mm. One is a mini book I wrote called "Sex and the Single Girl: Smart Ways to Care for Your Heart." That's not specifically focused on same-sex desires, but it does include an example of a woman, a single woman that's wrestling in that way. Yeah. Uh, we've got two discipleship workbooks, Sexual Sanity for Women, and then the follow-up, Sexual Faithfulness, a practical discipleship for women that, again, aren't primarily only focused on same-sex attraction, but it's included in that. But what I like about our resources is they're focused on 
the, a gospel view of these things, regardless of what the struggle is. And it's going to really guide women in not only how to navigate it personally, but how to, how to run to Christ for the inner, yes. for the inner change. And then the last thing I want to say to that woman is, um, you, you need wisdom and you need helpers that are going to, you know, friends are going to walk with you. And I've gotten to walk with lots of women in their twenties up to their fifties and sixties that are seeking to walk in faithfulness, even as they have same sex temptations. Mm-hmm. And all of them would say the same thing that when they were isolated, the battle was overwhelming, but when mm-hmm. they began to trust, and this is, can be scary to talk to someone about yeah, um, because it just, it's not, it hasn't been talked about as much when they found people that could walk with them and encourage them and even disciple them. That's when they really began to break free of some of the shame and the um, just the internal wrestlings of this. Mm -hmm. And what I want to say too, is that the promise of the gospel while we live on this earth isn't necessarily that temptations are going to be, it isn't that temptations are going to be completely eradicated, but the trajectory of the gospel is that slowly over time, we become more and more like Christ and desires can change. So Mm. same-sex desires may not be completely eradicated while you live on this earth, but it's not true that this is a stagnant struggle. No, Christ does the work slowly over time to to bring us more and more to look like him. And I want to hold that out as hope. That's not my hope. It's the hope that Christ offers us. Mm, I love that. That's beautiful. And that actually goes right into another question that one of our girls asked. She says, is it sinful to feel attraction if you don't act or dwell on it? And I think this is a question that really reflects a lot of our, a lot of the girls listening right now. Um, And I know like, oh, that's, that's hard. Like, okay, what do we do with that? Is this simple? Is it not? So what is your, what would you say to to this question? Yeah. Well, the way our ministry, that that's another big hot topic, the way our ministry would respond to that is we would first make a distinction between like willful sin and sin that is rising up out of our sin nature. So for example, like I, a a woman, a a desire towards a woman rises up in somebody's heart and as best they know, they've not been fantasizing. It just kind of rises up that is coming that is sinful in the sense of it's coming up it's coming out of your sin nature mm. but we would make a distinction of acting on that in yeah. a with a willful sin so this would be true for me if i if i have a married man and my heart lusts after him that's that's sinful it's coming up from my own sin nature but then if i if i uh if I take that and I run to Christ, I ask for his help and the kind of the, de- the temptation is gone, that would be one thing. It'd be another thing if I start allowing that to mm. take root in my heart, if I willfully respond to that. And so so that's kind of the way we would look at that as a ministry, that there'd be a distinction between mm. willful sin and something rising up out of our sin nature. And really the answer for both is the same. It's to immediately turn to Christ ask for his help, repent of, you know, tell him of any sin that we're aware of in our heart and receive his grace. Um, shame isn't going to be thrown at us from Christ, but 
grace and the call to trust in him with humility. Mm, that's wonderful. Um, I have a, another girl who's asking um, if there are any specific verses that you would recommend that you can use when like that, that temptation, that thought comes to the mind or there's that, that thought of like, okay, this is, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking about this person or this fantasy or whatever. Are there specific verses that, that can be used to kind of combat that just like quick verses to memorize um, or passages you would recommend them to go meditate on um, that are specifically helpful with this? Hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, there's so many. Um, I'll just kind of point you to one one passage, uh, and that would be 2 Corinthians 5, maybe 14 to 17. And I don't think we have time to read the whole thing, but this passage I think would be a good one because it's going to point you towards Christ's love compelling us to love others and not live for ourselves. Mm. And when we're tempted towards somebody in a sinful way, we're not loving them. Mm. So that's a part of this. But also what I love about this passage is this is where it says that we don't regard anyone, which would include ourselves, from a worldly point of view, but we regard ourselves and other people as new creations in Christ mm. for those that have been redeemed by Jesus. And so a part of our temp- our battle against temptation is learning to see people, including ourselves, through the lens of who we are in Christ, not from worldly categories, not based on our desires, not based on our personal definitions of sexuality, but no, to regard others and ourselves through Christ. Mm-hmm. And so that I would I think that's one passage that kind of covers a lot of ground for somebody to be uh, storing up in their heart. Yeah, that would be awesome. And we'll put um we'll put that verse in the description girl so that you can go directly right now and read it and meditate on it and write it down and put it, you know, in your Bible or on your mirror or wherever so that you can see it on a regular basis. Um final question. We have a lot, but we're going to have to wrap it up with this one. And I know a lot of our listeners are saying, "Okay, this isn't something that I personally have struggled with, but I have a friend who is struggling with same-sex attraction and really acting out on it. So how can I support her or love her or like, I don't know, be a, f- a good friend to her, um, a good Christian friend without supporting her choices. I know that's like a really hard, <laughs> like, how do we do that? You know, especially right now in this day and age. So how can we be a good Christian friend um, without like, you know, putting a, our stamp of approval? Well, that is, that is a tough one, but I'm going to answer it in light of how, how you describe it, uh, Bethany. We, we, we can only be a good Christian friend as we are submitted to Christ ourselves and as we make Christ's love our priority. And we've already talked about that when Christ's love is our priority, we're going to be committed to His truth and committed to His ways. And that means being willing to um, speak the truth to somebody with humility, with gentleness, but also with warning when we need to. So if there's a Christian sister that is dabbling or is Mm -hmm. full out involved in any kind of sinful relationship, but for our purpose today, in a sinful relationship with another woman, if we've not been truthful to her and and challenging her and even warning her, then then we're not loving her. And and I want to say that directly, but also say that gently is we need a lot of wisdom. I'm not saying that we go 
you know, bash somebody with the Bible, but uh, we're called first to be faithful to Christ, His ways, His truth, and that's going to guide us in being willing to go after a a friend in the name of Christ and Mm -hmm. to call her to um, to turn away from that which isn't of Him. But that's also also means: Are we willing to walk with her? In the midst of a broken heart, um, leaving a relationship, even if it's sinful, leaving a relationship that has um, become meaningful is going to really hurt. And I've got a very dear friend who was in a lot of relationships with women. And she said one of the hardest things for her in her process of turning away from those is she felt like, you know, people in the church were always glad to offer compassion to the girl that broke up with a boyfriend, but nobody was offering any kind of mm-hmm. comfort to me because I was breaking up with a girlfriend. And of, were those relationships sinful? Yes, they were. But when when a, a good friend of hers, a mentor, actually just put words on that and said, wow, like this must be really mm-hmm. painful for you, had that compassion, that was a breakthrough for her wow. of recognizing okay, I can really be honest with other believers about this. Mm. So we want to call sin, sin, but we also want to recognize that turning from sin is painful. Mm. And can we also be compassionate as we help women turn away from some of these relationships that they've gotten involved in with other women? Mm, yeah, I love that. Um, you know, it's harder. It's more uh, involvement on our part. It's not like, hey, let me just tell you this and run away. It's like, no, we yeah, need to be yes. there. And just, exactly. you know, praying for praying for God to help us to know how to love them and also to give mm-hmm. us a pure heart and pure motives and not just out of pride or, hey, you know, um, and then just for freedom for our friends, you know, who are struggling in this way. Um, but for, you know, I know the main the main topic of this conversation is for the girl who's listening right now who's saying, yeah, I do struggle with that. So Ellen, is there any final just bit of encouragement or word of hope that you can give to the girl who is currently struggling and wanting that freedom, wanting mm-hmm. to, you know, honor Christ in this area? What hopes do you have for her? Yeah, well, my, my hope is great, great for you um, based on my own journey of transformation, which you know, as I've mentioned, wasn't in like same sex attraction, but it was in the entanglement with other women. But I've gotten to walk with so many women over the years who will testify that the process was painful. The process was costly. Mm -hmm. But now that they are kind of moving into a new place of freedom, uh, they, they would say what I would say. Um, from Psalm eighteen nineteen, when David says, he said, uh, the Lord brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. And the Lord, the Lord can meet you. He can take you into a new place and don't believe the lie that that this is who you are and you have to stay here. No, Christ will gently lead you to a new spacious place. So take a step, take a step today, reach out to somebody, check out our website, um, take a step in the direction of what Christ has for you. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. And thank you, Ellen, for being here and just offering those resources. Like I said, we'll link them all below because we know this is just, 
the beginning of the conversation. This is a short episode. And so I really encourage you girls to take those next steps. You can go directly to their website. Um, you can read the different uh, books and resources that Ellen mentioned. Um, and we'll put all of that below. But I just, you know, I encourage you to not let this be the start and the end. Like really take those next steps and find a godly woman in your church, in your area where you can be open with and talk about this with. And if you are someone you're saying like, this isn't my struggle, but I know someone who is, be that friend, that godly friend who's willing to offer that compassion and support um, and be there for the friend who is struggling. Uh, Thank you so much, Ellen, for just taking the time um, to be with us. I really appreciate it. Yep. So good to be back with you guys. What a beautiful conversation with Ellen. I hope that this has been insightful and helpful. Like we said a thousand times during the podcast, we only are scratching the surface. Each one of those questions could have been an entire episode. So this was really just an initial episode to get the conversation started. Um, we're planning to take a deeper dive into the different questions y'all have asked. We're going to bring different guests on to really help us tackle different aspects of this conversation. But I encourage you to click the links below. Don't let this be the end of the conversation. Let it be just the start. Um, and if you want us to tackle more of these sorts of conversations, leave us a five-star review and a comment letting us know that you like this, that you want more of this. That really helps us to know that you're liking the topics that we're discussing and it helps others to find this. So please click the link below. And again, not part of the plan, trusting God with the twists and turns of your story is available. So please go click the link if you need encouragement in your life um, to just trust God more fully to surrender that worry and just find freedom from anxiety. If you desire that, grab a copy of Not Part of the Plan at girldefined.com slash trust, girldefined.com slash trust, um, or wherever books are sold. Go grab a copy of Not Part of the Plan and let us know what you think.